You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, it's Carl Stebbings and Simon Woolthorton. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 38 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and not with me in the studio this week is Simon. Simon's unfortunately unable to make it to the studio. Uh, due to work. So I have got a very, very awesome uh, guest host in the studio, in the kitchen studio with me this week. And I'd like to welcome back to the show, Matt Smith. Hello. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm living the dream. Good, good, good. Matt has very generously uh, come in to the studio this evening. He's had some tea. I have, yes. No, I can't. It's not only a studio kitchen. It is actually a working kitchen. I have have evidence and a full belly to prove it. Yes, he has. We've we've had lovely tea. We had garlic bread and everything, didn't we? Yes, don't don't put them to sleep, Carlos. No, no, no. (laughs) So uh, uh, we're a bit uh, behind then with the shows. We've had a bit of a uh, lapse between uh, this and the last episode, if you remember. Uh, We had Alan Bales on for our year anniversary episode the pit special pilot wow um pretty awesome that was we had an interview with him on the show cool um and also for you listeners as well uh who did listen to uh to our anniversary show if you remember we're running a competition yes we are uh that competition is to win uh we've got some uh, plain talking uk t-shirts which are awesome where's mine how rude oh you can have one okay Okay, I'll yeah. enter the competition. You'll have to enter what the are com- the details? Yeah. <laughs> well, the details for the competition can be found uh, on our Facebook page. Um, but uh, the uh, details and the questions which are on there, um, you can uh, answer via email, uh, via a website. Um, and I'm just trying to... should have got this ready before the show, really, uh, to find the, the questions. Such an amateur. I know, honestly. I know. We'll uh, we'll leave you to talk for a minute while I just grab the questions then, Matt. So uh, tell the listeners what you've been up to this week. Oh, really? Oh, well, uh, as uh, those who had the misfortune, I think, of listening to this last time will probably remember that I'm a coach driver, so I've just been to, to London and things like that. Hurry up, I'm running out of things to say. Uh, <laughs> I'm a coach driver, they don't want to hear about me. <laughs> it just goes to show that, uh, that that we do do this completely live. Yes. It's not pre-recorded in any way. Yes, I have to confess, it's a bit strange hearing my voice on the on the slightly altered jingle now. Yeah, yeah. Bit, for, those, jingle, for those of you just tuning into this this episode 38 the uh, jingle at the start if you notice is a bit different that's because uh, matt uh, very very good, greatly um uh, done us a new intro for the show so i hope you like that that was good thank you yeah, matt. it's just a bit strange hearing my own voice really <sighs> so the competition then back ah. to the competition oh, yes. yes we uh, we set the competition for our year anniversary show and uh, there was two questions to answer and the first question was when uh, well what date was the first official display of the Red Arrows. So that was the first question. When or what date was the first official display of the Red Arrows? They've had an anniversary very recently. Yes, 50th, yeah. Was it? Yes. (laughs) You'll have to find out that one. So the second question then was... (laughs) Answer on the postcard. Answer on the postcard. (laughs) Was when was the first flight of the Lockheed L-1011 TriStar? Now I saw one one of those at um, at Waddington, didn't I? No, no, they've no. all gone. Have they? Yes, very oh. sadly. The RAF have um, retired the TriStar. Right. What were they then? What did they do? They were the, they're multi-role uh, transport and tankers. 
Right. And he tries to. So the three engine. What, they what, had what, engine jack of all trade, master of none. Mm. No. <laughs> they were, no, they were a, no, they were an awesome aircraft. The RAF have used for quite a number of years. Right. And uh, they were actually ex-passenger Passen- aircraft. Right. Um, they were from Pan Am and BA. Oh. Mm. And they retired those as earlier this year. Yeah. Very sad. But mm. um, but so, yes, the question was, uh, when was <clears> the first flight of the Lockheed L-1011? Answers uh, via email. You can send them uh, via our website, www.plaintalkinguk.com. You can click on the Contact Us tab. Put your answers on there and send them through to us. And we're going to draw the uh, winners on our Christmas uh, show, which will be probably just before Christmas Day time uh, in December. So not long, not long. But you've got time to uh, get your answers in and stuff. But we will post the questions again on Facebook so you can all see them on there. And uh, hopefully we'll get some uh, we'll get some great winners. We'll send send them out send the t shirts off and calendars as well. I might add. Yes, we've got Plain Talking UK calendars for next year, which I've actually got one for you upstairs. Oh, splendid! Yes, we've got one for you. Okay. Yes. So let let me guess. There are some planes in it. No, actually, no. It's. (laughs) I don't want any pictures of you. There's no, 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 no. They're very, they're very, um, very. um, What shall I say? Uh, Very. Very, very nicely presented calendars. Well, I should, I, I would expect nothing less. I know, okay. I know. Quality merchandise in this establishment. Oh, it always is. Okay. As well with the tea you're drinking there. Yeah, well, I'll say it's a fine brew. Anyone uh, who is vaguely interested is what I call a proper brew. It's a proper builder's brew. It's builder's brew. Yes. yes, strong tea. Oh yes. So we're going to kick off episode 38 then, as we always do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the UK and the world. And we're going to we're going to share the news segments here. Are we? So we're going to do a bit each. Okay. Sort of spread cool. the uh, spread the workload as such. Okay. So if you're ready, then uh, Matt, we are going to kick off this week's news. Are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. Good man. Bye. <laughs> So kicking off this week's news then, we've got a story on the Travel Mall site and Thomas Cook apologising for a 54-hour delay. Good. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thomas Cook has apologised to customers who suffered a 54-hour delay getting home from their holiday in Turkey. The holidaymakers left their hotel in Budrum at 9.30am, and this was uh, a couple of Fridays ago, but didn't get back to Manchester Airport until 4pm on the Sunday. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Mother and daughter, Carol and Lola Tomkinson, and their relative Alice Watt from Cheshire are now seeking compensation for the delays, which they say ruined their uh, holiday last month. Thomas Cook Airlines have said that uh, it wanted to sincerely apologise to the customers for the long delay. The operator said that it was caused by an unexpected technical fault after a diversion due to bad weather, uh, which repair or required repair overnight in Turkey. We provide welfare and hotel rooms overnight for customers. We know how frustrating these delays are, and we'd like to thank our customers for their patience and understanding, said a spokesman. We'd also like to apologise further to those customers that were moved from their hotel during the day on Sunday, which was October the 25th this uh, particular incident happened. We worked hard to ensure that they had suitable overnight accommodation for the evening of Saturday prior to their departure on the Sunday. According to the Stoke Sentinel newspaper, the family paid £296 each for their week's all-inclusive holiday at the Tuntas Beach Hotel in Alt. 
Tinkum, uh, where they celebrated uh, a birthday. They were picked up from their hotel to be transferred to the airport at Bodrum at 9.30am in the morning on the Friday, October the 24th, and were warned about possible delays. Their flight was cancelled later that day, so they were transferred to a hotel at 5am on the Saturday and were told to be up again for 9am. They were taken back to the airport, but their flight was again cancelled, so they were forced to spend another night in a nearby hotel. They were up again at 9am for a transfer on the Sunday morning and finally landed in the UK at 4pm. The family claimed Thomas Cook did not look after them properly during the delays and that the hotel they were taken to was filthy. It was disgusting. I kept crying my eyes out every time we asked for something. The hotel staff either said no or that they couldn't speak English. You couldn't get any help, said Lola to one of the local newspapers. Carol, 55, has said that she'd been on holiday with Thomas Cook for 20 years and have never had a bad experience like this one. What's your take on that one, Mr. Smith? Well, I just... I'm I'm a bit surprised. I mean, on the one hand, I don't know. I mean, looking at it probably, you know, trying to look at it from Thomas Cook's point of view, I mean, really, I mean, they... they, Hotel accommodation was provided and all that kind of thing. I Mm. I do worry sometimes what people write where they say the hotel was absolutely filthy and you find out that it's because perhaps somebody had forgotten to clean the mirror or something like that. Mm. I do worry that some people's standards are perhaps, I don't know, I'm perhaps speaking a bit out of turn, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I I feel a little bit for Thomas Cook on this one because, I mean, at the end of the day, they've got to do whatever is, you know, I'm surprised there was a 54-hour delay if it was because a plane was essentially in the wrong place. Yeah, you think they'd send one out within 24 hours. Yeah, and Turkey's Mm. not that far, is it? It's what, three and a half? Three and a half three hours. And a half hours yeah, 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 it's not far away, is it? So I, I, I really don't understand why it's taken them fifty-four hours to get them home. Was it, was it bad weather throughout, or we don't? It doesn't say. No, but, I mean, no, we'll have to look it, that. It, Maybe we'll the look trouble that up. is when when a plane does go unserviceable like that. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's safety, and they've, they've got oh, absolutely. You know, they, yeah, they can't do anything. And I, I mean, I do, I do feel from from Thomas Cook's point of view. I mean, they've done everything they could. They put, they found everybody somewhere to stay. All right, it might not have been the wonderful resort they were in <laughs> before, but they were fed and watered and mm. that kind of thing. That there is, is an EU directive that says that yeah. the certain amount of level of um, uh, compensation or, right. you know, when, when passengers de- are delayed, yeah. you know, food and water for so many hours, and then if it's yeah. over a certain amount of time, they get have to get put in a hotel. So. Well, may- well, maybe if anybody was, was involved in that, perhaps they want to get in touch and, and sort of ex- explain, as I say, because it's my naivety, if you like. I mean, I, I must admit, I've been very lucky. In, in, on, on, never on, been delayed. Never been delayed. Ooh, no, lucky no, you. No, no, I know, I know. Uh, I, I tell, I, actually, no, I tell a slight lie. I got diverted to a different airport, airport okay. from Ireland with... Um, Ryanair. <laughs> Sorry. That's kind of, we've got Ryanair news. Oh, have we? oh, good. Yeah, oh, yeah. excellent. Lovely. I hope it's suitably negative. Uh, <laughs> so you got delayed to another airport? Yeah, well, it, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a tough call, really, because the tr- the, from Derry Airport, mm. um, like my auntie lives there, so we spend a lot of time sort of going backwards and forwards. And um, this was, I'd actually gone for um, my birthday, actually, although the, uh, we'd gone in the February. And it was when we had really bad uh, snow. And um, basically, they couldn't land at Stansted. So I ended up, I think it was, uh, we, we landed at Luton. And then I got a, a bus from Luton to uh, to Stansted to then get in the car to come home. But <laughs> it was, uh, it was that's the only delays that I've had so far. So it's, um, 
you know, I've sort of been lucky, really. Um, we'll move on to the next story, I think. Then. Next so one. This is from the Manchester Evening News. Manchester Airport edges closer to 22 million passenger milestone. Wow. That's huge. More than... Two million passengers, uh, yeah, more than two million passengers used Manchester Airport in October, which was up seven point one percent on last year. The figures take Manchester's rolling total for the year to twenty one point eight mean- million, meaning it's within touching distance of smashing the twenty two million barrier, which was its uh, pre recession peak. MAG chiefs said that the boost was delivered by a host of new routes uh, which were launched uh, and the introduction of increased capacity on existing long-haul services. More destinations are being added in preparation for next summer, with Miami due to start in summer 2015. And bosses have also given their backing to moves to create a northern powerhouse by giving greater power to the regional cities. It comes on the back of a chief executive, Charlie Cornish, hitting out at plans to expand Heathrow and Gatwick airports. It also comes as the government, Manchester and the other great cities in the north of England have pledged to work together to rebalance the economy by creating a northern powerhouse. Ken O'Toole, chief commercial officer for MAG, owner of Manchester Airport, said... It's been another strong month of growth for Manchester Airport, where we have further improved our credentials as being the international gateway for the north of England. Our ongoing Fly Manchester campaign has been hugely successful in in communicating to passengers that there is no need for them to take the long trek to use the congested and more expensive airports in the south, where better options are available right on their doorstep. As we see more passengers uh, come through our doors, Manchester Airport can play an even more effective role in helping deliver the Northern Powerhouse through providing new jobs and business opportunities to the region. During October, Ryanair announced it would be extending its winter flying schedule from Manchester and a new service to Eindhoven in Holland, a previously unserved destination, has now launched. Flybe also commenced a new year-round daily service to Amsterdam making the start of its winter flying program or marking the start of its winter flying program where it will operate 17 routes to and from Manchester offering a choice of up to 660 flights a week. Saudi Airlines announced an additional service on its successful Manchester to Jeddah flights increasing their offering from three to four flights per week on a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. The addition of the flights is uh, reflecting the popularity of the service since it launched at the start of summer 2014. Now, I've been to Manchester a couple of times. I've never flown from Manchester. I've never flown from there. In all my uh, years. When I was uh, quite young, I used to go there and watch plates. That's that's not that's nothing to be ashamed of. Because <laughs> oh, no, well, I'm in the right place for that, aren't I? Yes, of course. Normally, I have to hide my love of <laughs> no. uh, anything vaguely geeky. No, but, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually a very it's a very nice airport to go to. It's quite sort of friendly. It's uh, um, they've got a fantastic viewing gallery. It's worth it's worth oh, going. It, it, it's it's almost uh, if you go right up to the top, it's almost like um, like you're in the control tower. Uh, you've got a fantastic view. Um, and you can see the runway, and that it's brilliant. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's free anymore, unfortunately, to go up there. <laughs> Probably but, not. Uh, but uh, no, it, it is. Uh, it is and fantastic. they charge you five pounds for half an hour's parking. I <laughs> well, yes, possibly, yes. <laughs> so, moving on then to another story, uh, which is on a similar sort of thing about money. Uh, this one's on the Asia One Travel site. Oh, I saw and, this. Um, yeah. This this is quite interesting because this is a service that I used um, this year. 
Um, ah, yes. On Emirates. Yes, yes. You, you spoke and to me on the... Yes. Yes. And a, a passenger <laughs> uh, has been billed uh, $1,500 for using in-flight internet. Uh, a Singapore Airlines passenger got a massive bill shock when he was charged $1,200 US dollars um, or $1,558 Singapore dollars for using the internet while on a flight from London to Singapore. Jeremy Gutst, who is the CEO of online magazine or trendhunter.com, first shared about his experience on his website, which was later picked up by media outlets in Australia, US and the United Kingdom. According to the Canadian CEO, the bill amounted to the hefty sum of $1,500 after he racked up a mere 155 page views, mostly of which were emails. To add insult to injury, Gutz said that the internet on board Singapore Airlines was excruciatingly slow, and at one point he spent an hour uploading one four-megabyte PowerPoint document. Singapore Airlines currently has uh, two price plans for its in-flight connectivity service um, based uh, on a uh, $9.99 uh, for 10 megabytes or $9.99 for 10 megabytes uh, or time-based, e, uh, example, uh, $11.95 uh, for one hour. Goods purchased a package that entitled him to 30 megabytes for $28.99 or $28.99, but he busted the 30 megabytes limit, and that cost him a whopping $1,142.47. Other international airlines, such as British Airways and Qatar, do do charge for in-flight internet connectivity at international mobile phone roaming rates. Emirates currently uh, currently allows its passengers to use the first 10 megabytes of data for free and a token $1 charge is imposed for the next 600 megabytes. But the Gulf carrier wants to challenge the status quo. Earlier this month in November, uh, Emirates CEO Sir Tim Clark said, We've always viewed Wi-Fi as a service and a value-added part of Emirates' overall product rather than a revenue stream. What does this mean for disgruntled passenger like Gutz? Well, if we can offer good quality Wi-Fi connections for everyone on board at no charge tomorrow, we would do it. But we face a slew of technical limitations from speed and bandwidth availability and cost to the supporting hardware and software, all of which we are working on hard to address with the industry right now, Sir Clark added. Ultimately, we believe that onboard Wi-Fi will become a free service and a standard that customers will expect on full-service airlines, just like onboard refreshments and personal in-flight entertainment. Meanwhile, Goods has con- contacted Singapore Airlines about his outrageous bill. According to an article by British tabloid Daily Mail, Singapore Airlines said that it is investigating the matter further, but did not provide further details. Mm. Wow. This, now, this- I, I have quite a lot of... Um, experience in this particular area. Well, on air is obviously who I've used with Emirates, yeah, and right. it was the the speed and the connectivity on on board the A three eighty was was brilliant. 
Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, my my background is um, actually um, IT anyway, and I used to be a network manager before yes. I became a, a Matt great is Mister IT. So I do I do know a reasonable amount about this particular um, area. Area. The the first thing that smacks me actually is it's fair enough. I mean, it's the same as if you go on like on these BT hotspots and things like that. It's a similar sort of technology, basically. Mm. Um, my my only issue is. Uh, if it had got a 30 megabyte uh, internet on air um, that was what was purchased, I don't understand why it didn't stop when the 30 megabytes had been used. Because mm. you would normally have, once you've hit your allowance, it would then normally cut you off. If anybody's ever yeah. had a one of these like three mobile phone dongles for like, you know, the, the USB sticks that you stick in the side. I mean, if, you, if you've paid for a gig's worth of data, when that data is used up, it cuts off. Mm. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, it's 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 only having to talk to a proxy service that's monitoring the, the the thing. I mean, it's a very simple service to install. So I don't really understand how on earth this guy has been charged so much money. I mean, it doesn't say how much data he used or, or anything. I mean, surely once number thirty meg was gone, it should have stopped. I don't see how he's got anything that he's got to pay for. No, it. I mean. That's probably more than his flight cost. Well, yes, absolutely, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that, that, that's crazy. That just doesn't make any sense. That some something somewhere has gone catastrophically wrong there. I well, mean, that, that should. I, I mean, I got my bill. I mean, yeah. they they charged my um, my charge my debit card yeah. uh, when we flew back with Emirates. And uh, I just got billed. It wasn't a huge amount of money at all. It was. A but few but pounds. what 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 was the package in your case? Was it was well, it that, sort of so many megabytes, or you were you allowed to use it for? An no, hour? in in um on on Emirates in January when yeah. we flew with those. We we I paid for I think it was um, about seven quid. Right. And you had uh, five hundred megabytes. Of, right. Yeah. Um, okay. A bit like your mobile phone where you yeah. get five hundred megs worth of, of um, GPS data. Yeah. But on our flight we took last month with Emirates. Yeah. Um, to Dubai, uh, Emirates gave us all free Wi-Fi. Right, everybody, everybody had yep. free Wi-Fi. Wow. It was free, wi- totally and utterly, hundred percent free. Click on and uh, and go Wi-Fi. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. So well, yeah. So well, I think Singapore Airlines have got an awful lot to answer to. I think really haven't they? It's, I mean, they're they're quite simple systems to build. I've actually built one that that is now in my coach, um, and and I can offer Wi-Fi to to the the kids and it, all it is basically is a USB mm. dongle that's in the back of a router with some special software on it that that I um that was um free to air it was mm. um shareware software because it's a linux based router and I installed it on there and it works fine it, it's quite all it does in order for them to get free wi-fi it makes them like the Lambert's Facebook page in my case because that's the company I work for, yeah. and that's it. You know, it, it, it's it's a way it goes. But that if I, if I wanted to that that coding and even even on a free service, you can you can say to it that they're only allowed an hour before they have to sign out and sign, sign in. back in, yeah. um, and you can limit it so that they can only do it once mm. or or things like that. So I, I, I well I. I'd love to go and have a chat with a guy that put that system in. I really would, because <laughs> he's got a lot to answer for. Anyway, we'll stop going on about that. The next story, uh, now this is from Crawley News. So this is obviously Gatwick area, I guess, mm. is it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, it was. See, I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> Monarch launches new routes from Gatwick to Ibiza, Cyprus, and Greece. Mm. Now, where? Oh, sorry. We've lost your page there. We have lost my page. Hang on a minute. Two seconds. It's because it's, it's got photos and videos. And here yeah, we go. Monarch yeah. Airlines has announced three new routes from Gatwick Airport starting this summer. Next summer. Next summer. Not not this one coming. Not this. Oh, this one coming. Oh, is it? 
Ah, oh, this summer. Sorry, yes. yes. Oh, God, yes. blimey. Pardon my English. <laughs> Shall I start that again? Shall I? Monarch Airlines has announced three new routes from Gatwick Airport starting next summer. That better? Yeah, that's good, yeah. good, yeah. He's got a smile now. Thumbs up. <laughs> the airline, which focuses on travelling to leisure destinations, has added more flights to its summer 2015 schedule. So it is next. Yeah, anyway, the, the new routes from Gatwick include six flights a week to the Balearic Party Island Ibiza. Yeah. Never been. Have you been to Ibiza? Only once. Only once? Was it good? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big thumbs up. Uh, two flights a week to L- L- Lanaka. Is it Lanaka? Lanaka in yeah. Cyprus, and once a week flights to Rhodes in Greece. Now I like. Rhodes. I love Rhodes. Rhodes is mm. lovely. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Marissa Blanco, a spokeswoman for Monarch Airlines, said we recently underwent a strategic review of our network, looking to where customers uh, wanted to fly to. We will operate to Rhodes for the first time. Did they not do? No, this is this is something we've, we've covered quite a bit in uh, previous shows about Monarch, and they are yeah. getting Monarch are getting really popular now in the UK. Yeah. I mean, a few years back, you know, Monarch was was an airline that we all knew, mm. but because so much of the news is dominated by EasyJet and yeah. Ryanair and yeah. BA and Thomson, didn't they used to do flights out of Norwich as well at one time? Uh, I think many years ago they used yeah, to, yeah. yeah, yeah. And now Monarch um, have kind of revamped their images such right. and they've also brought a lot of new, uh, purchased or on order a lot of new aircraft as Ooh, well go on um, in. what are they ordering they're ordering the uh, Airbus A320 Neos right um, which are due for delivery later on this oh, uh, cool. next year um, now, what are they? This are they sort of like? I, I use these the, the the kind of re-engined ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're the ones that, um, like, uh, I know Ryanair use a lot of them, or, or the sim- similar models to go to mm. go to Ireland. That similar sort of size, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But Monica, Monica, becoming a really popular airline now. Cool. Um, and oh, that's that's great. Are, are they? Are amazing. they? Do they come under the budget category, or are they? They kind of they 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 used a lot by a lot of the tour operators. A lot of the tour operators right. use Monarch um, okay. for for their flights and, and and stuff like that. Cool. Um, and they are they are they are a nice. They always used to be a really a very British airline. All ah, right, Monarch. Yes. Um, yeah. Hence the name. Ah, <laughs> but no, right. yeah, yeah, good, good news then for Monarch. There. Oh, now I have it, having mentioned Ireland, I think uh, your next story is yes, uh, the Irish Examiner site. This one and a Dublin to Paris flight was forced to land in Birmingham due to a cracked window. Oh, ah, uh, a flight from uh, from Dublin to Paris uh, made the emergency landing in Birmingham after a crack appeared in one of its windows. Flight AF1117, operated by Air France, gave notice of the problem just before 6.30 last Sunday when the uh, plane was flying over Wales. It then looped over a section of the English Midlands before landing safely at Birmingham Airport 25 minutes later. A spokesman for Air France said the Avro RJ85 sustained a cracked window and the plane was then subject uh, as a subject of a technical rerouting. The spokesman could not say uh, which window sustained the crack or how it happened, but it said that no emergency was declared on board the flight. The plane landed safely at Birmingham Airport and Air France was making plans to facilitate passengers uh, to make connecting flights to Paris. The plane departed Dublin at 5.40pm and was due to land in Charles de Gaulle Airport at 8.35pm. The plane, which uh, has a distinctive Leinster rugby livery, had 86 passengers on board as well as crew. The Air France spokesman said that uh, uh, more information would be provided uh, later this week. Um, 
We, no, well, so, so the wind. So, so what? What could have? I mean, what, what they, would you say could have possibly caused them? I mean, that? I, I mean, would have said because they're double skinned. They are, they, yeah, they? yeah, yeah. The uh, the sort of the fuselage yeah. uh, windows are always a double skin. I mean, if it was a cockpit um, a window, it would probably definitely be a force, definitely a return to uh, to uh, base. base. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah definitely. And I mean, there's no danger in situations like this, just for for a crack as yeah. such, because obviously the pilots can descend to a lower yeah, altitude, yeah. and the yeah. pressure's not so, yeah. so great. Um, but again, the, the aircraft uh, in question, the Avro RJ85, mm. um, is a sort of a newer version of uh, what uh, used to be the BAE 146, right? Uh, Four-engined um, plane. Okay. Which uh, this is um, obviously uh, yes. a newer version of the 146 right. with slightly better uh, new air engines, um, but a popular aircraft. Uh, and this one, uh, Matt, if you ever go to anywhere near London City Airport, you'll see this flying at London City Airport quite oh, a bit. Cool. Uh, Swiss Air use them because well, France sh- shorter runway required. Yep, and um, like. they're quite pat. Yeah, with four engines, they can sort of get off short runways. Right. So yeah. quite a popular aircraft uh, that that's ah. just used. Cool. So, but uh, a good outcome from that, and uh, obviously, like we said, the aircraft landed safely. Excellent. Okay. Buying Business Travel is our next website, and story on there is Emirates unveils its new iPhone app. Emirates have launched its iPhone app following the launch of its iPad version earlier this year. The new app includes features such as the ability to check in and download boarding passes, as well as push notifications for check-in, flight boarding, gate changes, and baggage belt numbers. Baggage belt number? What's that? Uh, baggage reclaim. When you go to get your cases after you've landed, oh right, it, it yes, will tell yes, you where okay. your bag. You know, yep. Rather than standing there trying to find a screen. Oh no! Come on, that takes all the fun out of it. <laughs> I thought that was what we went to an airport for to stare at multilingual screens. Mm, I suppose so. No. Okay. Anyway, travellers using the app, which is available in the App Store, can also book flights, select seats and meals, and manage Emirates Skywards. What's Emirates Square? Oh, it's frequent flyer miles. I'll uh, tell you a bit about that in a minute. Okay, yes, yes. Personal flight details, credit cards information, and product and service information are also stored in the app, so users can view it offline. Emirates Senior Vice President Boutros Boutros... (laughs) Boutros, Boutros. Boutros, Boutros. Boutros, yes. It almost sounds like a joke name. I'm very sorry, Mr. Emirates. Uh, anyway, that's another lawsuit. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> we have seen tremendous, uh, tremendously positive response to both our iPad and iPhone apps to date. Downloads and usage figures show, uh, uh, show that uh, usage is continuing to rise and feedback has been very good. iPhone represents the majority of the mobile traffic to our websites and therefore we have launched on iOS first. Work is underway for an Android version, jolly good, Good. Uh, even as we speak, uh, to look at new features for our iPad and iPhone apps. Now, I'm sure there's a very good reason why they've done it this way, but <laughs> I have written my fair share of iPhone and Android apps, and usually what you do is you write one version that's HTML5 based, and then you get both sides to talk to it. Mm. I don't understand why everybody <laughs> has to go away and reinvent the wheel every time just because it's on a different... Android, Android's better though. Well, I'm biased. <laughs> no, 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 I have to say, I know I am an Android fan. I am an Android fan. Um, but the one thing you can't take away from iPhone is their build quality. Mm, yeah, yes, I suppose. Yes. Mm, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The operating system on this is a load of rubbish. But anyway, yes. Yeah, but this, this is great. Emirates yeah. um, uh, are doing what a lot of airlines are doing yeah. and having apps. Ryanair have got one. 
EasyJet have got one. Right, yes, um, yes. I've Emirates, it was only purely, you know, it's a matter of time before yeah. Emirates would do it. And it, it does, it's awesome because you can you can have the, the mm. ticket on your phone and yeah. a barcode and it saves yeah. a lot of time. And what? it's environmentally friendly. Uh, well, yes, you're not you're not printing paper. Mm. I had um, I had the EasyJet one uh, and that was very, very successful actually. And I used it to go through the gate. It's very strange putting my phone on, oh, the, on uh, this was at Stansted, mm. putting my phone on the, on the little barcode reader. Yeah. And it was able to actually and read it, worked. it, and it worked. It worked. Oh, I, I was genuinely quite shocked. You know, you just sort of blipped, and I mean, it's, it's well, I mean, it's not going to be long before we're using the equivalent of an equivalent of a um, sort of like an Oyster card, is it? I think. Yeah, sort of smartphone Oyster yeah, card. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, you yeah. can get these stickers, can't you? That I know. I think Barclays did, didn't they? Where you could use the like, the contactless technology mm. to pay for stuff yeah. by just sticking something on the back of your phone or or your wallet or whatever you wanted to do, rather than. And have that. No, it's I great. think it's the way forward. I, I really do. I, I'm surprised that such big firms like Emirates yeah, and, and, have and everyone have taken so long to actually mm. sort of get stuck in, really. But the Skywards thing. Yes. Um, for listeners who listened a few episodes back um, after my visit to Oman last month. Right. I had a spot of bother um, to do with our late takeoff from Heathrow. Right. And we missed our connecting flight from Dubai ah, to Oman. Neat. That's not good. And due to do, uh, Emirates sort of not giving us the correct information, we mm. had a lot of hassle at the gate at, on our flight from Dubai to Oman. Right. So I got back home. When we got back here to the UK, sent Emirates an email. Yes. And, was it uh, politely worded? A polite, no, right. it was a politely worded <laughs> okay. email. Yes. And uh, just said about the spot of bother with had. And yeah. gave them all the details in yeah. the email. And I actually got a reply this week. Ah, yes. Uh, it's, it's took nearly a month. Right, okay. But Fast we got then. a reply. Yeah. Uh, very apologetic. Oh, cool. And uh, before we went out there last month, I signed up to this Sky uh, Skywards right. package thing with Emirates. Okay. It's free. Right. And basically, when you, when you use Emirates, you get miles. Right. And you can convert those to use to pay for flights and upgrades and stuff okay. like that. So I got the email this week, and they very kindly gave me and my wife a huge boost of um, Skywards points Ooh, on both our cards. And what does that what does that entitle you to? Well, we we are very close now to having a free flight each. Really? Think, yeah, it's gonna it's probably gonna take um, another half of a flight to somewhere with Emirates. Right. But we'll then have enough points to convert to to a free flight each. Oh, cool! So that's quite, that's quite yeah, nice. Absolutely. So it just goes to show, listeners, if you do have issues yeah. um, with the bigger airlines, yeah. especially. You know, it yeah. pays to to not necessarily complain, but it pays to to question. You know, um, and if, what and happened? It, and if it's a certain um, budget airline that begins oh. with a, a random letter, then don't waste your time. Frankly, <laughs> so moving yeah. on yeah. swiftly. <laughs> You're desperately trying to avoid a lawsuit, aren't you? <laughs> anyway, yes. Okay, so we were local for this one. I see EDP Ooh, Norwich uh, Airport. Yes, go on then. Off you go. No, no, you take this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, you Ooh, go. Two on the bounce. Oh, that's will be exciting. Okay, so new weekly flights to Menorca set to take off from Norwich next year. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but are, are they just flying you into Schiphol and then? No, no, then, no. Oh, right. This is going direct. somewhere. This is going somewhere <laughs> sunny. Go, really? <laughs> not saying that Schiphol's not sunny. No, 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 no. no yeah. It's just normally a, a gateway to yes, somewhere yes. else, isn't it? So travel operator Thompson is to reintroduce flights to Menorca from Norwich International Airport. Airport bosses today announced the introduction of the new weekly service, which will operate every Saturday between May and October. The move brings the total number of seats on sale to about 36,000, up from 11% last year. 
The airport has also been included in Thompson's Discover Your 2015 campaign and branding artwork featuring a character called Miles the Bear and he is set to feature on the front of the main terminal entrance. Andrew Bell, airport chief executive, said that we are proud to be working closely with Thompson to promote their holidays from our airport. The addition of Menorca to Thompson Holidays product range from Norwich International and such prominent branding is a most welcome and further demonstrates the strength of the growth in charter uh, the growth in charter flights we are certain this popular destination which is already selling well and miles the bear will prov- prove to be a hit with our customers the image of miles will make a great backdrop to family photographs depicting the start of a holiday from their local airport and we actively encourage our passengers to share them with us oh that's nice i'd love to fly out of norwich I'd use that airport, if I could, I would use that airport more and more. I do struggle with the tax that we get. Do do you know what? The the tax... Yeah, I can I can deal with the, really? the thing that the thing that I find frustrating with with Norwich Airport, and we do hope to get a, an interview hopefully at some point this uh, or next year I should say with Andrew Bell, the CEO. Yeah. Um, the, the the trouble I find is that a lot of the flights tend to leave midweek or during the week, right? And I mean, I mean, some people are different, but I tend mm. to book a week off work. For, right. I, I tend yeah. to book a Monday to a Friday off. Yeah. Um, so if you're flying from Wednesday, yeah. you've got a kind of half a week and then half a week. Right. If you see what I mean, yeah, Wednesday I to mean. Wednesday. Yeah. That's, that's what I find frustrating about yeah. a lot of the flights from Norwich. Yeah. Uh, unless you want to go to Aberdeen, in which case you can go any day of the week. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there are some flights that leave on a, on a weekend, but mm. I mean, the other thing I find frustrating as well is that you'll tend to find that a lot of the flights that go from Norwich to destinations like these, mm. uh, the sun, summer destinations, the, th- the flight prices are yeah. pretty high. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the sake of paying, you know, you can pay a sort of 50 quid less and fly from London Stansted. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which for us is only an hour. I mean, I, I guess the only reason that they're trying to, I guess the reason why they're pricing it based on that, obviously, is you haven't got to find money for your parking. You mm. haven't got to go mm. over there. So I suppose you could argue that by the time you've driven all the way there yeah. and paid the fuel, then parked, because, I mean, even with discounts, I mean, you're still looking at, for a week, 30, you're looking between 40 30 to 40 yeah. quid. Yeah. You've probably got 20 quid, shall we say, based on current diesel prices mm. and things to, to go to and from. So you could, I, I suppose there's no incentive. I mean, I guess I would rather go to Stansted because <laughs> it's a nicer airport yeah. than Norwich. And I'm sorry to say that because it is my local airport and I, I would like to use it. But um, you think, no, well, I if I've got, if, if, you know, I mean, if it was the same price as if you were flying from Stansted, then I, I wouldn't bat an eyelid. But um, No, and it, it, like we said, it is convenient for yes, us. Yes, it is, absolutely. Because it's yeah. 20 minutes yeah, for us, absolutely. isn't it? Just yeah, up the yeah. road. Yeah, 35 by the time you fought around, yeah. fought around the ring road and got <laughs> to the other end. But it's a, no, it's a shame. I, I, I'd love to use it more. I but, hope that Norwich increase their, increase their you know, flight frequency and yeah. airlines. Yeah, we, I hope we get some other. What would be great? Can you imagine yeah. if we had a, 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 a EasyJet or Ryanair flying yeah. into Norwich? It, it, it would totally 
you know, yeah, it would be I, fantastic. I, f- forgive the naivety here. Is the runway big enough? Oh yeah, for, oh, yeah. For, for like yep, seven like fives. A, yeah, yep, really? se- yeah, seven threes. Are they all going? Yeah, yeah. right. So there's yeah. no reason why no. the the little um seven three seven eight hundreds or whatever they, they fly are. in now. With, Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Thompson, right. yeah, Thompson flying air with the, with that aircraft. Yeah. Right, and so a seven five. So it's just it's it's just sort of attracting the the the, 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 the yeah. budget yeah. operators basically to fly mm. out. Of Definitely. Well, fingers crossed. Then you'll yes. have to ask him when he when he. Comes I'll have in. to. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. try and get our interview with Andrew. Yeah, Bell. yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. So next story then on the business traveller site, Virgin uh, are delaying their seven eight seven dash nine services to Duels and Newark. Ah, oh, now we covered we covered this. We did when I was when I was here last yes. time, didn't we? Very good <laughs> continuity. I'm very impressed. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Virgin Atlantic. Uh, have postponed the launch of their Boeing 787-9 services from London Heathrow to Washington Duels and New York, Newark. The carrier had scheduled to roster the Dreamliner onto the Duels route on December the 17th this year. The aircraft will now be added on January the 7th. It will initially operate five times weekly before turning uh, uh, daily on January the 19th, reports airlineroute.net. The Newark group, meanwhile, will not see Dreamliner service until February the 1st next year, two weeks after its planned January the 19th start date. And you can read uh, more of these reviews if you go, like we said, to the Business Traveller website. There's uh, the story on this here. Um, but that's a shame. Um, I mean, I'd, so love what, to tr- I'd love to try uh, flying what, a Dreamliner. What, what, is the, what is the reason given? Is it... They didn't really. They haven't actually given a reason. Um, Just not ready on here. Basically. No, yeah. uh, they're probably not ready to to bring that aircraft online right. for that particular route. Oh, I mean, we know shame. that that uh, Virgin have got their um, their Dreamliner, which they're using. Yeah. Um, but it's great to see. Uh, it's, you know, it's good to see that you know these that a lot more airlines now are choosing the Dreamliner for mm. uh, for their flights. So that's good. Actually, slightly off topic. Um, mm. Would you ever go uh, into space on a plane and do? Seeing as we're mentioning Virgin. Oh, you're mentioning Virgin. Yeah. Um, Virgin Galactic. Galactic. Sorry. I mean, even after the setback that yeah, they yeah. recently had, an unfortunate loss of life. Mm. Um, yeah, very sad. If if I had the money, I mean, wow. What really? an experience to be able to travel, you know, uh, well, pretty much into space, yeah. uh, which they essentially do. Um, just to feel weightlessness. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. know you, I know you can go in those well, it's only a simulation, um, though, simulations. Simulations, yeah. But they, there is a, a zero mm. or, uh, zero gravity or G uh, aircraft. It's I think it's based on an Airbus. I think an Airbus, right? Um, which you can go in and they they dramatically descend. Yeah, and to, it gives you the feeling it, yeah. of weightlessness. But I think that would be just so good to just float around to float around. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I, 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 I not for no. me, and now I've got to be honest, it's not for me. No, no, no I, I just you'd be I, able to take some great pictures from up there. Granted, yes, you'd I need mean, a, it would be very the big best lens. View. Yes, it would be the best view <laughs> in the world. But uh, yeah, I, I literally a view of the world. In fact, not just not just yet. the greatest view in the world. I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's a great idea. Just, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope because there are a lot of people, obviously, that are interested in it. And uh, I say, whilst it's not for me, I accept that there are a lot of people who would who would like it, but. Uh, it's, I hope they do get it off. I mean, as an experiment, I mean, I think it's a brilliant idea. It's just yeah. to say, but then I suppose with any massive, you know, it's very sad, obviously, loss of life, as you say. But I mean, any major project like this, it doesn't always go right first time, does it? I no, mean, I mean, look at the problems that Boeing had with the Dreamliner. Yeah, you know, yeah, batteries had, and had, all sorts. Yeah, they've had a multitude of problems with that. Yeah. And that, you know, that the Dreamliner was a completely new concept, yeah. really, in aircraft. 
as is this the Virgin Galactic yeah. thing that this is completely new. Yeah, never been done before. No, but, but uh, God, as I say, it's exciting as an experiment. And yeah. and if anyone, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive Richard Branson fan. And yeah, anyone can as do I it. Am. Yeah. Anyone can do it. He can. Oh yeah. Let, let's be honest. Moving on to our next story. It's my favourite airline. It's That's why Ryan I saved Air. it for you. Thank you very much. I wonder why we swapped halfway through. <laughs> uh, so Ryanair are to carry 3.5 million customers over Christmas, and I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not surprised. Mm. Ryanair has announced that it will carry at least 3.5 million customers over the Christmas and New Year holiday periods, capping a hugely successful year for the airline. 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 <laughs> it's the new cut of meat. Uh, <laughs> record bookings for December the 20th to January the 6th will see the airline carry 500,000 more passengers than the same period in 2013, it says. Extra Christmas flights to Poland and the UK are booking up fast, it notes. In addition, Ryanair has ben- benefited from the number of families booking Christmas sun holidays to the Algarve and the Canaries and winter breaks to Brussels and Lisbon. Ryanair will operate flights up to uh, 1640 hours on Christmas Eve, resuming flights at 740 hours on uh, St. Stephen's Day. This is to ensure everybody gets home in time for Christmas, it says. The forecast caps a remarkable year for the airline with a $17 billion order for new planes and a full-year profit forecast of over 750 million euros making headlines recently. That's insane. For a budget airline to make a 750 million euro profit, I mean, that's just... Scary. But if anyone's going to do it, it'll be Ryanair. That's true. Yes, it's co- Yeah, but have you seen how much they charge you for the sandwiches? I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go down that avenue. No, because I'll start. It'll be, it'll be a snowball. We'll, yeah. end, we'll end up with a end up yeah. with a 4,000 mile wide snowball if yeah, we go down that lovely. road. No, no. No, it's fine. I mean, I, I, it's brilliant. I mean, we, we were looking actually to go and see Auntie. Um, over the Christmas period, because uh, it's just me and Mum for Christmas this year, so we were we were looking possibly going over there, and uh, I mean you can't get tickets for Love Nor Money already. I mean it's no. really and it, and it's so expensive. It's so expensive. Yeah, I, it's like anything, isn't it? You you get yeah. to a, a special time of the yes, year, of course, yeah, and the yeah. prices go boom. Well, and you can't blame them. Let's be yeah. honest. I mean, they do in, offer incredible value, mm. um, sort of throughout most of the rest of the year. So I, I can't blame them for cashing in, really. Yeah. But uh, right, Travel Weekly is next, and it's an Airbus story. This it is. It's uh, regarding Airbus uh, beating Boeing to a fourteen billion dollar Delta order. So Airbus has secured a major coup for its new uh, Airbus A350 aircraft with an order reportedly worth $14 billion from Delta Airlines following following competition with Boeing. Mm. The deal is split between 25 A350-900s, an all-new model, and 25 updated A330neos. The aircraft will, will replace Delta uh, Delta's Boeing 747s and their 767-300ERs, starting in 2017 and 2019, respectively. The Airbus win builds on earlier successes at Delta, including an order in 2013 with a list value of $5.6 billion. Boeing told Bloomberg this was a long and highly competitive campaign, Boeing competed for an order with the 787-9, but we did not have enough 787 positions available in time uh, for the time frame that met Delta's requirements. 
The A350 uh, 900 is due to make its commercial debut with Qatar Airways in the next few coming weeks. This is a massive blow for Boeing, you know, because Delta are a huge airline right. in, in America. Well, um, so it's it's. I mean, the the, 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 inter- the interest is in, in is in the Airbus, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mm. mean, that's that's all you ever read about with people taking new you know taking new airlines and stuff that you know it's at the moment it's going through a phase where it is i mean at one time it's all you ever heard about was boeing yeah yeah you know and i guess it's just that I'm they've, still, they've I'm found still boeing though i'm still are you? Boeing. yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely. They've, they've but they seem to have found something that that that's sort of caught the imagination mm. of the people that are spending the money frankly and so i guess it was inevitable that a large airline was was going to choose one you know one over the other but as you say a huge a huge blow for boeing but, but um, what, what I mean, who makes the the, the Dreamliner? That's Boeing. That is Boeing. Yeah, Boeing. Yeah, Boeing. Yeah, that's a seven eight seven. But it's like I said, it's for for Boeing. This must be a huge sort of sort of kick, yeah, really. Kick, kick, kick. Because um, like like the story yeah. says, they're replacing you know Boeing seven four sevens and Boeing seven six sevens with taking them out Airbus. of service. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, right. A lot of airlines now are retiring the seven four sevens, the four hundreds. Um, Mind you, they've been in service a long time, yeah, a long they? while, yeah. but they are a great aircraft. Yeah. Uh, Virgin use them, and, yeah. and BA obviously yeah. use them. But uh, it, Virgin and BA are starting to retire right. uh, some of their fleet of the seven four seven four hundreds now. So sad. It's sad. It's sad. But um, well, I guess they well they they just got to. Create more interest in the Dreamliner, then, haven't they? Oh, yes. Really, that's that's the next thing. Okay, on to the next story. Then this is uh, with the Independent um, newspaper in the UK here, and uh, it's a Virgin Atlantic jumbo jet from London to New York had a close call with a radio-controlled drone as it made its final approach to John F. Kennedy Airport last Sunday evening. It has emerged. The pilot told investigators they saw the machine clearly while on its final approach. Experts are warning that a direct hit by a drone could have catastrophic consequences, rather like a bird strike, uh, particularly if uh, they were to be sucked into the engine as either landing or takeoff. The crew of the Boeing 747 Virgin Atlantic Flight 9 spotted what they said looked like a, the, a kind of a drone that was bought by any enthusiast for just a few hundred pounds, flying at an altitude of about 3,000 feet. The object was moving at a slow rate of speed and was like a quadcopter drone. They they told investigators the jetliner was flying over heavily populated areas of Missouri County at the time. The incident with the Virgin plane was one of three to have occurred in the vicinity of JFK in the in the space in the space of as many days. A few minutes later, a Delta 737 coming into the airport from San Diego, California, also spotted the drone. In their case, it came within several feet of the left wing. A police official said a similar sighting by the crew of a JetBlue aircraft early on Wednesday afternoon, also on approach to JFK, had by last night prompted a formal investigation into all three incidences uh, being led by the Federal Aviation Authority. Now, that's not good news, is it? No, that's really bad. I mean, we've, we've talked about this in previous episodes and stuff about uh, drones, or we like to call them UAVs, right? unmanned aerial vehicles. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> uh, actually, a couple of guys from, uh, from the Airplane Geeks, uh, Max Flight and David Vanderhoff, yeah. they do a... Uh, a UAV Digest podcast, yeah. awesome podcast. Yeah. They talk about these uh, weekly, uh, really, drones and UAVs. And uh, 
you know, we've seen an instance like this happening across this year, with uh, even in the UK, not just uh, yeah. across in the states. And it's getting more and more now that uh, I mean, you can buy one. You can go in yeah. and buy these quite cheaply. A friend of mine fact. bought one. Yeah, uh, he, he's also lost it already. Um, I've got one up there. You've got one up there. You don't. You just don't a mini one. You don't fly three thousand feet. And no, no, right, no, okay. no, no. That, yeah. That's the only thing that I'm really surprised about. I'm amazed it had the range to go mm. up that high. Oh, the the, the really posh big ones. Really, that, um, that have have that kind of. I mean, they have they even have cameras fitted. Uh, you, you oh can yeah, take, yeah. No, um, I, I mean, I, I've seen them. I'm mm. just because I don't know. Maybe the rules are different uh, in in the states than they are here. But there are very strict rules about oh, yeah. radio yeah. broadcasts and mm. things like that. And once you get over a certain range i'm sure it's only a couple of hundred meters that you're allowed to to broadcast on certain frequencies without having to have appropriate licenses and mm. things like that i mean one one would perhaps wonder that perhaps it's not um legal shall we say no uh, i don't know whether it's because the rules are different in the states i i, I maybe somebody could could tell us but uh, as i say i know there's very strict rules because uh, i mean you know I, I know from from my djing days there's very strict rules about uh, radio mics and things like that, and depending on which which sort of microphone you've got, I mean, you know, again, it can only go over a certain amount of meters. I think two hundred is the mm. limit, you know. So, so I, I'm a, you know, it's, it's awful, and uh, they're not going to do anything. I don't think until something horrific happens. happens yeah, that's yeah. that's the problem, isn't it? There'll be a law put in place at some point that yeah. um, restricts a Let's lot. Let's hope of it's sooner something. rather than later, before something catastrophic Definitely. happens. Mm. Next story then on the Air Transport World site, this one. And uh, a British Airways Boeing 747-400 is beginning volcanic ash missions. Um, The uh, BA747 has started a year-long volcanic ash monitoring project uh, in partnership with the UK Met Office and Natural Environment Research Council, NERC. A prototype Zeus ash detection device developed by the Met Office and NERC has been fitted uh, on a Boeing uh, 747 from BA and it's going to monitor amounts of ash in the atmosphere. This will then be matched up with flight data including weather conditions, speed, altitude and location to build up a volcanic uh, picture um, showing the ash uh, distribution in the air. The first raft of data collected from a flight between London and Johannesburg has already been sent uh, to the Met, uh, Met Office for analysis. Zeus has the potential to provide a clearer picture of ash distribution and could be used to inform decision-making uh, process in the event of future volcanic eruptions. Uh, BA Captain Dean Plum uh, said that um, Zeus was initially trialled on the NRC Met Office Delicate Research Aircraft before being fitted to a Flybe Bombardier uh, Dash Q400 in 2012. The Met Office uh, Head of Natural Hazards, Ian Lisk, said the project is a great result of cross-industry collaboration, including BA, Flybe, NERC and the Met Office. While further development is still required, we are delighted with the progress with this prototype. Volcanic ash sensor today and the findings we have uh, so far received from the tests are very promising. Zeus measures uh, takes uh, measurements of the static as a tool to detect ash after pilots after a pilot in a research aircraft noticed his hair stood on end when low levels of volcanic ash were present. Huh. Likewise, BA's fellow UK carrier EasyJet has also been working with partners to av- uh, in a trial to avoid ash uh, detection technology. So, 
This is good. This is good news. Try, trying as, to avoid the whole Iceland thing again, I suppose. Yes, yeah. yeah this is this is great uh, to see this sort of thing going on. I mean, they're using a huge aircraft to test this. Mm. And if you remember years ago, uh, there was uh, a British Airways 747, this is going back quite a few years mm. now, that had uh, flew through uh, volcanic ash and all the engines uh, flamed out. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But luckily, they managed to restart all the engines. Right. Um, and when they landed back, uh, I think the the aircraft was was written off due to the damage, damage to and, the wow. engines and the. But the aircraft landed in one piece, and it was down to volcanic ash um, going into the engine, which which explains why they were so nervous about it um, be- beforehand. I couldn't really realise what uh, I had not really seen what what had occurred. Really, it just sort of took me a little bit by surprise. Anyway, on to our final story before we have a, a quick break. And uh, this is from the Flight Global uh, website. And uh, it's uh, economy class. Go ahead and stretch your legs, says KLM. KLM this week started operations with the first of its Boeing 777-200s to get its new world business and economy class and economy cabins following on from the same upgrade to its 747-400 fleet. The renovation of all 15 Boeing 777-200s will be complete by the end of 2015 and will be followed by KLM's 10-777-300s. The economy cabin, pictured uh, uh, above again, if you want to go and have a look at that, it's on the flightglobal.com website. Um, the renovation, uh, the economy cabin uh, was designed by Hella... John Geary, John Geary, well Geerius. done, yes, John Geerius. Very good. Apologies if anyone's <laughs> offended by that. And features more legroom and a whole new in-flight entertainment system, system featuring a larger nine-inch HD quality touchscreen, oh, wow. offering access to more than 150 movies and 200 TV shows, interactive 3D cards, and a seat chat app that allows travellers to communicate with other passengers who are seated <laughs> elsewhere in the cabin. Has, has the art of getting up and chatting to other people finally died? <laughs> oh, I mean, honestly. Anyway, uh, and adds. KLM, the economy seats feature power outlets as well as being the lightest in their class. Business class passengers needn't be too jealous, though. Up front, there are new full flat seats and various other smart design elements ensure maximum privacy while sleeping or working. This sounds really quite exciting. I know. A nine-inch touchscreen HD screens. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's just the idea, because, uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm a slightly bigger than average, both height and you know, in in all all manners of of, of what's it? I, and I do struggle certainly with my favourite airline, uh, with uh, sort of finding somewhere to sort of get comfortable. And we'll we'll sit take a picture of you sitting <laughs> sitting here now. So we'll, oh, we've got no, the ca- no. we've got the camera here. Oh, we'll, dear. We'll, we'll take a quick picture Harsh. of uh, of Matt Smith. There's there no need for that. How rude. <laughs> we'll put that on the Facebook page. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, so uh, anyway, yes. So it's uh, I'm of a larger disposition, shall we say, and uh, sort of legroom um, because of my height is actually a bit of an issue as well. Um, and in fact, actually, the only one that I haven't struggled with, certainly budget-wise, was um, EasyJet. EasyJet, yeah. I knew you were going to say that. I, I was genuinely quite surprised. And myself and mum, um, I think it's EasyJet we flew to Malta with. And... Uh, 
which I know is your favourite uh, place to, to go and go and chill out. Don't get me started. No, okay, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was genuinely quite surprised. And it was a, it was a new airline as well. Don't ask me what it was because I don't know why. It was a 320. It was a 320. Yeah, Airbus 320. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been reliably informed that it was a 320. But yes, it was a really lovely, it was a really, really lovely flight. Uh, and as I say, it's the first time I've been able to actually stretch my legs out because there was, I don't know what, what it was, whether the, the seats, seats are slightly higher or whatever. I was able to get my legs actually underneath the seat, which is great. So when you want to stretch out and um, that was fine but no this sounds very exciting i like the idea of in-flight entertainment do you know what? i haven't i haven't flown klm before but right. we've talked about it quite a bit on the show and and yes. i mean the the airline does seem really good i mean yeah. you know the the cabins and stuff i mean these yeah. new new cabins and new seats and stuff they yeah. look awesome yeah and i think it would be nice to try and fly klm one yeah. day just to see what um, what the service is like with klm well, uh, I mean, um, Carlos will put the, the link on um, on onto yeah. the Facebook page. Have a look at, as I say, it's flightglobal.com. Have a look at the pictures and let us know what you think. Yeah. Have you? What's your experience, just before we finish the news segment, what's, yeah. what's been your experience with in-flight entertainment? What, what have you... Um, mm, hit and miss, really. Mm. Um, most of the flights, because they're relatively short haul, I mean, nowadays you don't have mm. it unless you're doing long haul. I went to New Zealand... Um, and that was um, that was a, a pit stop at um, Kuala Lumpur. Mm. Um, Who was that with? And airline? that was with Malaysia okay, and, yeah. Airlines. And despite the terrible time that I've been having of late, I have to say it was one of the nicest planes I've ever been on. Mm. Um, and that was my first sort of real experience of in-flight entertainment. Uh, you didn't have to pay for the headphones; they gave you them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, oh, this was this was pre-touchscreen days, so I mean, you okay. had, you had a like a sort of a joystick that came out of the yeah. like, a, like a like it looked like um, like a Game Boy sort of okay. controller that you pulled out and and chose your game. I mean, the, the selection was massive, and that's how I got addicted on an American TV program called House. That's how I ended um. up being addicted to that, watching back-to-back episodes <laughs> for the twenty-six hours it took me to get there. It was uh, well, it was amazing. Emirates Emirates is is very similar, mm. um, like you said. With the pull-out yeah. control, it's exactly the same. A little, yeah. uh, an oval kind of control thing. Yeah. They have touch screens in the seats in the backs in front of you. Yeah. Um, but the great thing with uh, with Emirates Ice, they call it Ice right. um, system on yeah. board their aircraft, is they have USB ports, and right. you can plug your own. Uh, device in okay. and access your music. So if you're not, uh, if you don't like the uh, thousands, thousands is, yeah. of choices, because there is literally thousands yeah. of choices of music on uh, Emirates. If you don't like that, you can plug your iPod or your um, Android phone mm. or anything with a storage device in wow. and listen to your own music. That's very. And cool. you can also that the the ones that we had on board the 380 we flew out on last month. Mm. You have a facility to create your own playlist. Right. Cool. Of music, which is awesome, which is absolutely awesome. That very, very well, very. I mean, you, we'll we'll have to do a feature of um on the thing. I'll I'll do I'll do some digging in how yes. they, those those geeky people like like myself and, and Carlos. I'm sure would like to know how it's actually done. I mean, I, just, I mean, having sort of done sort of a little bit of trying mm. to build um play out systems and and things like that, um and building jukeboxes and stuff like that. I mean, mm. it, just the sheer mechanics involved in making. That available to what? How many? What nine hundred passengers or however many? Uh, four hundred and right. Oh, blimey, four seventy, four eighty. Yeah, I think anyway, it's, it's a lot of people for everybody yeah. to be able to sit there and choose what they're going to. What I mean, the processing. Power but there's games as well. Really? You know, with the controller, you've got yeah. you've got stacks of games you can play. Wow. Um, <laughs> as well, and the controllers yeah. are very similar to a, a, a kind of a, a Super Nintendo controller sort, wow. sort of yeah. thing. 
um and the the quality of the the graphics are wow. fairly good as well it's just there's so much to do i mean I, if I you're just a, just a you know, if, you, if you're bored yeah. on on a, even a quite a long transatlantic flight with yeah. the amount of choice that not just emirates but KLM yeah, and any Singapore, of them, yeah. any of the big airlines. Any of the big so, airlines yeah. I mean, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess, if you don't watch telly or anything like that, that might be a bit of an issue. I guess. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're going to leave that news story uh, for now. We're going to leave the news segment for this week. But if you, uh, if you, any of the listeners have got um, any or any of your favourites. Uh, airlines which you love to fly with um, do drop us a line uh, via the website and uh, let us know who your favourite airline is in the world and we'll uh, we'll run those on on the show so we're going to leave that part of the show then the news segment for now and uh, we are going to come back to you after we're going to have a quick tea break oh lovely we have a tea break and we're going to come back to you after this aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines well not anymore i'm steve visher and i'm grant mccarran and we're bringing aviation right into your radio yes we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone hang on aviation's always been cool check this out how cool is this grant grant turn that down Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we <laughs> Don't forget, you too can contact the show and leave your messages for Simon and Carlos. Contact them via their website at www.plaintalkinguk.com or email them at plaintalkinguk at hotmail.com. Send them your messages. They really want to hear from you. Yes, we really do want to hear from you. Send uh, us your messages. Why is it that we're not allowed to talk about the cricket? Uh, I don't know. Cricket? Uh, <laughs> Stephen Grant, send us your uh, your answer to that question yes, posted please. by Matt Smith. Yes, yes, why yes. can't we talk about the cricket? I like cricket. I, I hate it's cricket. Good. Do you? No, yeah, I don't well, like You it. don't like sport, though, do you? Really? No, I don't like any sport. No, no, unless, hey. it, unless it involved wings. Oh, the Red Bull Air, yeah. uh, the Red Bull Air race, and that is good sport, definitely. You are such a geek. I know. So <laughs> me and Matt have had a tea break. And, I know, um, which is riveting news for you all. I'm quite sure. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, and 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 since we've uh, since we've just been off on our break, my wife has come home uh, from yes, work. Yes, the better half is finally home. Yes, 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 yes. she's ha- happy now. She's yes, got fed her, and watered. She's also. fed and watered yeah, yes, as well. Yeah, yes. you're in danger of being a relatively okay husband. <laughs> yeah. Relatively, obviously. Thanks, Matt. Always a pleasure. Never good, sure. good. <laughs> so uh, we're going to move on to the next segment of the show. Then uh, we're going to bring you uh, our military news segment. Then, and we're going to we're going to share this one as well, aren't we, Matt? Ooh, why not? Yes. So, are you ready, Matt? No. No. no you're supposed to. <laughs> you're supposed to say yes. My apologies. Yes. Yes. Indeed. So, okay, so are you ready, Mister? Oh, Smith? yes. Of always, I was born ready. Right. Let's go. <laughs> okay.
So with our military aviation news, well, we're going to let you start, Mr. Smith. Okie doke then. Our first article is from Flight Global Aviation Connected. And this story is UK's first A400M arrives at Bryce Norton home. The UK Royal Air Force's first of an eventual 22 Airbus A400M tactical transports has touched down at its Bryce Norton Air Base having been accepted from the company's Defence and Space Business Unit in Seville, Spain. Carrying the service registration ZM400, the RAF's lead Atlas arrived at its new home on the 17th November without being announced by the Service Ministry of Defence or Airframer. A formal delivery uh, event is expected to be staged at the Oxfordshire site later this month. A second A400M performed its flight debut for the UK last month, with Airbus expected to hand over this and a third example by the end of the year. With a useful maximum payload capacity of 32 tonne, how on earth does that get off the ground? My goodness me. The Atlas will replace the RAF's already retired Lockheed Martin C-130K Hercules. The UK follows uh, the UK follows program partners France and Turkey in taking delivery of the European Air airlifter, with Germany also set to accept its first example before the end of 2014. Other Atlas customers are Belgium, Luxembourg, Malaysia, and Spain. Yeah, the A400M. It's uh, kind of a Hercules-looking aircraft, okay. built by Airbus, right? Um, and it looks amazing. Yeah, and we saw this at. Uh, pretty much quite a few of the air shows we went mm. to this year, Ria and Farnborough. Mm-hmm. And uh, what an amazing aircraft. Really? It really is, yeah, it's stunning to see. And it's been taken on board by quite a lot of uh, military uh, outfits so now. Is, is the 32-tonne is the payload, is that a, is that a standard payload, or, or is that, is that a, quite a lot? I, I, I mean, I don't really... It is, it is quite a lot. I mean, you know, as transport um, category aircraft yeah. go, um, the Russians... Yeah. have obviously got the Antonov. Have right. you seen the Antonov? It's the huge... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's got it's an eight-engine job. It's huge. Ooh, it's right. a massive aircraft. Uh, um, or four. Okay. My, my military aviation background is not quite as good as Simon's. Right. Um, That's but a shame. To, yes. that carries... Where are you, Simon? I know. Yeah, I know. Where are you, yeah. Simon? <laughs> um, but that carries a huge amount of... Um, and obviously, you've got um, the... Boeing have obviously got their 747, 400 right. or 800 freighter. Okay. They've obviously got as well, as well now. Um, but so, no, I mean, that is a lot of uh, that is a lot of uh, capacity for carrying there, 32 tons. So the, I mean, the average the average um, passenger jet, for example. So say if we went for a 777 as an example, Boeing. You put me on the spot now. I am. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Matt. Always a pleasure. I mean, oh. I mean, roughly what? I mean, what are you talking about weight wise? Um, weight, what what the weight of the well, aircraft? Well, uh, so, yeah, the weight the weight of the aircraft, and then and then and then what what its sort of payload can be on top, if you see what I mean. So you're talking about kind of say a passenger version or a? Well, I don't, I don't really know, mind. I mean, I, yeah, let's, let's stick with let's stick with sort of passenger. So if you if you if you have a, a seven seven seven, you fit, you have the initial weight. Uh, and then you and then you shove a load of you shove a load of passengers. Obviously, you've got to take into consideration things like um, baggage and and things like that as well, which I, I presume is why they're so hot on 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 weighing cases and things before you. Uh, well, you the triple the triple seven. I mean, the freighter version of the triple seven, yeah. the triple seven F. Yeah. Um, is well, that has a maximum payload capacity of 
226,000 pounds. Right. Yeah, so um, which 20... converts to 103,000 kilos. Right. Okay. Um, their capacity. Wow. Um, it's uh, similar. So that puts it into context a bit then. I mean that is that is, you know 32 ton. I mean with with the uh with this um Airbus A400M. I mean that that's 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 quite a payload then. But it's also it's also been designed as, a, as an excellent military transport aircraft to get in and out of short field runways as right. well, okay. which is another yeah. um, oh, cool. another thing which it's built to, to do. Mm. Okay. And obviously being propeller as well, or right. turboprop, it's, okay. it's not like a, a jet engine. Well, it is a jet engine, yeah. but it's not like you know, like you'd normally uh, associate in a, a passenger jet having, yeah. having a jet engine. This has actually got the propeller blades, okay. cool. um, which, which is stunning because they're slightly curved as they... <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, the blades are <laughs> awesome. If you oh. uh, if you get a chance to come to the air shows with us next year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which we hope you do, yeah, It'd be no, lovely yeah. to have you yeah, on board. No problem, yeah. um, you'll be able to see the four hundred M because it does some really good displays as well. They cool. throw the aircraft around, considering how big it is. Yeah, like a fighter jet. It's, wow, um, really, really good. Cool. Okay. Right. On to the next story. Then uh, you're going to take this one. That's yep. Flight Global as well. Yeah, Flight Global and uh, the Nigerian Air Force uh, eyes up the Scorpion combat surveillance aircraft. Now, the Scorpion uh, is an aircraft that we featured uh, on one of our air show special uh, episodes a while back from uh, React. Uh, we interviewed the uh, test pilot for the Textron uh, Airland Scorpion. Wow, I bet that um, was interesting. That was really good, yeah. yeah. Um, now, the Nigerian Air Force have expressed an interest in acquiring the uh, Textron Airland Scorpion strike and surveillance aircraft. Uh, in order to counter the Boko Haram Islamist insurgency in the country. The service currently operates both dedicated strike surveillance types, the Chengdengu F7NI and the ATR-42 respectively, but believes that a low-cost aircraft with dual capacity or capability uh, would enable quicker and more precise counter-insurgency operations. Uh, he says here that in my country we want and need this AVMRA Awendu, Director of Operations, representing CAS, the Nigerian Air Force Headquarters. He told in the uh, International Fighter Conference in London on the 18th of November, we want this equipment, but are they going to give it to us? Ojawo says uh, they'll soon put in a request to the US government for the sale of up to a squadron's worth of aircraft, However, it worries that approval may not be granted based on the previous rejection of its appeal for Bell Helicopters AH-1 Cobra rotorcraft. It's going to take the international community to fight insurgency, and the only way we can do this is to give uh, the technology that uh, we need, Ojawo says. The nature of warfare has changed, but air power remains important against irregular warfare, and the importance of an air power in the contemporary environment is increasing, he adds. We as a nation and as an air force are having a rethink. The rise of Al-Qaeda-linked Boko Haram has increased the threat of insurgency in Nigeria. However, the F-7 combat aircraft are unable to carry precision-guided munitions and are therefore poorly suited for counter-insurgency strikes in urban environments. We are really handicapped in targeting the enemy where they are, Ajawo says. Equally, the ATR turboprop is unarmed, and therefore, while it can detect insurgents, there is a delay before strike aircraft can be brought on station. The ATR will see the enemy, know its position, but can't do anything about it, he adds. And we have to have to fight the way uh, to the enemy, and it's fighting to find him where he is. So, 
What do you think of that uh, aircraft there? You can see that in front of you there, Matt. I'm uh, just trying to sort of describe it, really. Again, um, I'm sure Carl, Carlos will put a link. Uh, I've been right uh, up close to that aircraft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks it looks a very nimble little craft. Actually, it looks like something that could really, you know, it's going to be uh, great for 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 attack. I would have thought. I mean, it's uh, what you can't see from this picture mm. is if you turn the aircraft so you're looking from the back, no, right, from the rear. Yeah. The tail mm. has a V shape. It's like a right. wedge tail, okay, like that, um, which is really strange if you see that aircraft up close because right. you're normally seeing just one single tail. Okay. Uh, and and what, I mean, what, what what's the thinking behind it? Maneuverability. It's, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's supposed what, to more stable turn, more, or uh, increased maneuverability for turns and stuff wow. like that. Yeah, cool. But it's an awesome aircraft to see up close. Yeah. And like I said, for those of you who want to hear more on the aircraft, if you go back to our React uh, air show. Uh, cool. episode you'll hear the uh, Textron uh, test pilot I, sh I shall do that as soon as I get home so moving on to our next story then it's another one from Flight Global okay so it's Brazilian Air Force confirms Gripen or Gripen acquisition numbers uh, a leading Brazilian Air Force uh, figure has confirmed that the 108 Saab Gripen NG multi-role fighters will be acquired for the force. Following the announcement in October that a 5.8 billion pound contract, a billion dollar contract has been signed for the first batch of 36 aircraft, an Air Force representative confirmed to the International Fighter Conference in London on the 18th of November that the full requirement will be for 108 airframes. The Gripen or Gripen, sorry, is it Gripen or Gripen? Gripen. The Gripen, Gripen. Might be. The Gripen will initially replace the Dassault Mirage 2000C fighters, which have already been retired, and eventually the Northrop uh, F-5EM and the Eliena Embria, is it? Embria, yeah. Embria, uh, A-1M aircraft are still in service. We had in 2007 a feasibility study to imagine future scenarios, the representatives say. They reached that uh, they reached the final number based on the requirements for the future. The 108 will be delivered in three batches, and although it's not yet been decided uh, how many of these will be single-seater and how many of these will be two-seater aircraft under the terms of the October contract, eight of the first batch of 36 will be two-seat variants. Brazil has been in discussions with the US Navy regarding the ideal mix of single and two-seater aircraft that the force needs. Plus, it has been taking it has been talking to the South African Air Force, which also operates the Garipan. Our Air Force staff, uh, our Air Force Staff Force will be, is assessing again the number of one-seater to two. He adds, fifteen of the first batch will be wholly built in Brazil, while the other twenty-one will be made by Brazilian and Swedish engineers. In conjunction with the Brazil's National Defence Strategy released in two thousand and eight, which encouraged all defence contracts to favour local industry, eighty percent of the aerostructure contracts will be bid for by Brazilian industry. The representative says we are comfortable to now say that the transfer of technology what we are, is what we aimed for, he said. Meanwhile, the uh, the Denel Dynamics A A dash data to air to air missile that will be integrated onto the Brazilian Grippens will receive its final qualification next week. The representative says this will be this will be on the Grippens uh, and that we hope will be in service by 2019. The Grippen will also have the in indigenous built 
um, Mectron MAR-1 air-to-surface, air-to-air anti-radiation missile on board. I kind of like that idea. So it's it's the Brazilian Air Force, and they're having them built in Brazil. I kind of is that just me being sort of patriotic? To the I mean, I wish we did that ourselves. We built more things in the UK. You mean? Yeah, mm. for our own, for our own kind. Perhaps that's just me being traditional. Perhaps I know you can get them sort of cheaper <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> eBay usually. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. You're right. We we don't build well. We don't build enough in no. the UK, really. Um, hmm. Bit of a shame, really. So uh, on to the next story. Uh, again, flight global, and uh, this is um, this is about helicopters, helicopter contracts. I was just trying. I'm just reading up on the uh, grip in here. I was, mm. just, I was just reading um, on uh, on on Wikipedia actually yes. about the gripping. And, that's a dangerous. Um, that's a I dangerous know. thing to do. <laughs> they uh, just because we we like to we like to give a few facts and figures mm-hmm. on the show, and uh, we just I'm just looking here at the at the Gripen and uh, the JAS thirty nine Gripen, mm-hmm. and it's manufactured as we said by Saab, right? And there's been two hundred and forty seven built mm-hmm. uh, to date, and they have a unit cost. Wow. <laughs> if you want to buy a Gripen, right. you can buy one for the value price of sixty-eight point nine million right. dollars. I, I, I will immediately purchase two. Wow, two! <laughs> I was going to get three. Oh, well, oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Why stop at three? Well, indeed, yes. Well, let's let's start our own air force, shall we? Well, we'll, start, we'll buy we'll have our own air force. <laughs> wow! So, moving on, not then. cheap then. Yeah. <laughs> so, flight global then. Uh, U.S. awards Sikorsky. A 1.3 billion in helicopter contracts. The U.S. Army and Navy on November the 17th announced the purchase of 102 Sikorsky UH-60 Blackhawks and MH-60R Seahawk helicopters at a total cost of more than 1.3 billion dollars. The Army, which oversees contracting for all H-60 variants out of Redstone, Arsenal in Alabama, awarded Sikorsky 771.9 million dollars for 41 UH-60M Blackhawks and 24 HH-60 Pavehawks, and for maintenance and support of the aircraft as well. The contract is scheduled for completion by 30th of June 2015, according to government documents. Sikorsky also uh, was awarded $535.3 million uh, in contract for the Navy's fourth program year orders for eight MH-60Ss and 29 MH-60R helicopters, along with uh, sustainment engineering program management systems, engineering logistics support and advanced procurement for future contract years. That work is slated for completion by the 31st of December 2015. The contract awards uh, resurrect a multi-year contract between the services and Sikorsky that seemed doomed by cuts made by the Pentagon's 2015 budget requests. When introduced in early 2014, the budget included cancellation of orders for the 20R model Seahawks. The contract in question calls for the United States Navy, Army and foreign partners to acquire roughly 650 Blackhawks and Seahawks between the fiscal years of 2012 and 2016. In its FY 2015 budget request, the Navy proposes cancelling the last 29 aircraft to be purchased in the fiscal years 2016. 
The army uh, has confirmed as well that uh, cancellations would reduce uh, fiscal year 2016 orders to below minimum requirements stipulated in the contract, which would terminate the agreement. The Navy was prepared to pay termination fees that would result in the breaking the contract terms. Multi-year contracts are designed to avoid the risk of cancellation and mid-term termination of the MH60 deal would uh, have brought into question the validity, uh, validity of other <laughs> ongoing multi-year deals. God, we get these things wrong. Like. Yeah, indeed, no. And uh, the uh, US Department of Defense analysts said at the time it would also likely have killed off the Army's orders for the UH-60 Blackhawks as well and foreign partners covered by the contract. The Navy likely reversed course because it saw available funding in the near term, says Richard Abulafia, the vice president of consulting firm Teal Group. The Navy's requirements are still present and the budget is uh, situation is stabilising for now, he tells Flight Global. Sikorsky also sells the aircraft at a 10% discount with a multi-year contract, which makes them overwhelmingly advantageous for the services, especially when funding is tight, he says. The main problem was that uh, not buying these aircraft would have broken a multi-year contract and the whole point of a multi-year contract is that you save money by not having to risk uh, cancellation. That's a huge amount of um, of money, really, again, mm. $1.3 billion. We were, we were supposed to be in a recession, yet, mm. um, you know, not just in the military side of things, but, yeah, you know, all over, yeah. airlines are buying new aircraft mm. and, you know, it's it's... We're on the up thing. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, th- I mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because the contracts have been have been so- signed long before anything started to go wrong. I mean, mm. this, this is yeah. this is the problem. It, it's that get break out the crystal ball and 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 work out you know how well how well you're going to do and whether you can afford these things. I don't know. I, I think mean, things are, things are on the upturn. I think absolutely. I mean, you know, passenger but, numbers uh, definitely uh, point in that direction. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I think that's just. I think rubbishy weather in the UK is is a is a is, a, is, a, is probably more of a factor than than, than the recession. On to the next story then. This is with the RAF this time, uh, the RAF website. Uh, and this is a story after my own heart because I, I, I keep going on about it every time I speak to Carlos about going uh, to the Waddington Air Show. Oh, yeah. And, I um, didn't go there this year. No, no. You, you did. I, I did. It was, it was, a re- it was, it was brilliant. Um, but, and you uh, sent us a really good report from there as well. You said that last time. And yeah. uh, thank you. Thank you. He's blushing now. The, um, the, one of the reasons why there isn't uh, going to be an air show this year, unfortunately, is is because they've decided they're going to um, basically rebuild uh, the the runway. And this story is actually an update on that. So it's uh, Group Captain Rich Barrow, Station Commander RAF Waddington said, the project is progressing very well and the engineers tell me that they are en route to complete on time. This work is necessary because the foundations have started to erode. Once work has completed, it will last for many, many years to come. The work uh, is being carried out by um, Carillion Construction Senior Carillion Project Director David Meller said, uh, We are removing the entire old runway, which includes material that was laid back in the 1990s, and in some areas, the old 1940s runway, which was laid during World War II. Uh, Mr. Dan Wilpot, a, a senior project manager with the Defence Infrastructure Organisation, the MOD's property and service provider, said that uh, conducted in phases, the existing runway will be dug up section by section, the contours levelled and the surface replaced. 
the we're committed to recycling as much of the old material as possible in fact more than 100,000 tons of material will be recycled here on site as RAF Waddington is a live operational airfield interim measures have been taken to ensure that there's no impact on current or future operations RAF Waddington has temporarily relocated its aircraft to a small number of supporting personnel to alternative RAF bases in the county, those being RAFC Cranwell and RAF uh, Coningsby. The runway is scheduled to be completed in November 2015. Now, it'd be interesting to see mm. if they do do the air show the following year. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I, I think I mentioned when I was here last time, they were, they were talking about not running it um, for for reasons of funding, basically, mm. um, which would be a real shame because um, I think I've been to several uh, air shows and certainly from a from an air you know an aerobatics display. I mean, because they, they held much the, better. Is that the first weekend of July? Something like that. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have the Wellington. Air that's show, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hopefully there'll be time for it to sort of settle down. I, ho- I mean, I hope they do start the air show there because it's not, again it's um it's not too far for sort of in, from this mm. area to to go and see and it's usually very well supported i mean it, i mean it was an, a capacity crowd when when we went um we went to sort of end end, end of july but no fingers crossed for for sort of 2016 so the and, tickets are 24 quid yeah. um for this year weren't they yeah the yeah they were yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I mean i don't know how that fares with with um other Sort of it's, air it's, show. yeah, it's not. It's on a par. It's, it's on a par. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I think, as I say, fingers crossed that comes back uh, in 2016. Then. Hopefully, indeed. So, next piece of news then uh, on Flight Global's website. Yeah, and uh, France are confirming their A330 tanker selection. Uh, Paris has confirmed its selection of the Airbus A330 multi-role tanker transport MRTT, with 12 of the type to replace its Boeing KC-135s from later this decade. Announced on the 20th of November, that was yesterday, wasn't it? Ah. Uh, the development will lead to the French Air Force receiving a first A330 MRTT in 2018, and a second in 2019, says Airbus Defence and Space. The remaining examples will follow at a rate of one or two per year, it adds. The contract agreed between the French procurement agency and Airbus Defence and Space is now ready for the official award, the company says. France follows Australia, India, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Singapore and the United Arab Emirates (laughs) and the UK in selecting the type, although the New Delhi and Doha have yet to conclude their planned respective orders for six and two of the aircraft. Talks with both are in uh, in the final stages of contractual negotiations, says the company. Once produced, the French aircraft will be the first to be produced in an improved next-generation standard outlined by Airbus earlier this year. In addition to the 12 tanker transports, the deal with France will also cover development and qualification activities personnel training and initial five-year package of in-service support services, Airbus says. Flight Global's Ascend Fleet's database records the French Air Force as operating 14 KC-135 right. tankers. Right. It's these- obviously a popular aircraft, and I mean, that's quite a list of people that have, of, of other sort of countries that have taken delivery of said, um, said um, tanker. tanker yeah. Yeah. Well, the A330 tanker, 
um, for for those of you who yeah. don't know, and for uh, Matt that, sitting, across, then, yes. <laughs> sitting across the table for me. Yeah. Uh, the A330 tanker, or MRTT, is uh, yeah. based on the passenger version of right. the Airbus A330, the very popular uh, passenger aircraft, the A330. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, first flew in June 2007 mm. and was introduced into service in 2011. Right. So fairly new. Yeah. Uh, the Royal Australian Air Force, Royal Air Force, as we said, the UAE mm. and the Saudi Air Force used them. Uh, at the moment, uh, as of July this year, there was 17 uh, built of yeah. this particular aircraft. Right. They look exactly the same as the passenger variant. Right. Um, just that just the, not uh, white. <laughs> no, no, well, no, or any other colour. They're, they're, the Royal Air Force ones are grey. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, they are basically a refuelling and transport aircraft, wow. all in one. They are kind of all in one. It still, it still baffles me, the ability to refuel a plane while it's in the air. I mean, it's just... <laughs> I mean, there's so much that could go wrong with anything like that. Well, they, they have, uh, the A330 has a refueling pod on yeah. the wing, yeah, um, which releases a, a kind of uh, okay. hose as yeah. the aircraft's flying, which then the aircraft, the jets, the fighter jets, then can then fly into the into, basket right, okay. uh, and refuel. Blimey. Um, but uh, these are replacing, I mean, these replaced um, the A330 a transport replaced the TriStar, which we were right. talking about yeah. earlier, yeah. and the VC-10 right. many years ago, uh, which another old RAF aircraft that yeah. replaced those. And they are they are uh, popular, very popular, becoming a very popular Airbus. It is the Airbus, isn't it? And, mm. and unfortunately, it's another example of, of the Boeing being superseded by by an Airbus, isn't it? Mm. Certainly, certainly in the case of France here. Uh, replacing the KC-135s, aren't they, with, yeah. with, with the Airbus A330. I, as I say, if, if I was the CEO of Boeing right now, I might be a little <laughs> nervous, it has to be said. I'll tell you what, I think you should take the next story, because I know the person that you're going to oh. mention in this is is a personal favourite of yours. I know. So uh, the last story then, we have uh, <laughs> on the military segment this, uh, this week, uh, from the Royal Air Force's website, this one. And this is regarding a uh, young woman, uh, that uh, I was sitting very close to. You are such a charm, oh, honestly. No, uh, I was sitting very close to uh, at uh, Riyadh, the Royal International Air Tattoo, when we interviewed uh, the Red Arrows there uh, for our show this year. Um, she was sitting on the table just behind us, and uh, the uh, young lady in question is uh, our very own sweetheart, Carol Vorderman. Uh, who, who is now actually known as Group Captain Carol Vorderman. So uh, Carol is the first female honorary ambassador for the RAF Air Cadets. Uh, Carol Vorderman has flown in as the new ambassador for the RAF Air Cadets. She becomes the first female honorary Group Captain ambassador to the organisation. At a foggy airfield at RAF Syreston, Nottinghamshire, uh, Carol said that uh, she's looking forward to getting started and working closely with the 55,000 strong uniformed youth organisation for air-minded 12 to 19-year-olds. At RAF Syreston, Carol was given a warm welcome by cadets and staff from the RAF Air Cadets. Carol said that I'm truly honoured to be appointed as an ambassador for the RAF Air Cadets. I can't wait to meet the cadets and adult volunteer staff who give so much of their time to support them. 
The cadets themselves are a shining example of the best of British youngsters. Standing with them on the parade square will be a great privilege. Carol has long been associated with the RAF, linked charities including the Royal Air Forces Association, and the RAF Benevolent Fund and the Bomber Command Memorial Committee. Leading to uh, the salute area in Green Park when the Queen unveiled the memorial in June 2012 as well. Carol said the Air Cadets is open all uh, to all and has squadrons all over the UK. Many are taught to fly gliders even before they can get their driving licences here in the UK. They have great fun with many uh, taking part in adventure training and all kinds of sport and the Duke of Edinburgh award scheme. Lots of good engineering and technology practice even allows cadets to learn and achieve uh, B, uh, BTs, except oh, BTECs. There we go, BTECs. That's a word I haven't heard for a lot of years. I am the mother of two children and who have been either part of the Air Cadets or University Air Squadron, and they both loved it. And this is great, this is. Um, I mean, not just because it's Carol Boardman, but <laughs> because uh, the Air Cadets uh, are, is such a, a fantastic thing for, uh, you know, for youngsters to join in the UK. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think in across the pond in, in the States, they have a similar kind of thing uh, across there as well. Uh, didn't didn't she um, part of, isn't she doing a solo flight challenge or something silly she like that? She is, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah I, 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 just, I just having a look at it. Uh, she's uh, doing something really quite crazy. Having already enjoyed a successful career spanning three decades, TV presenter Carol Vorderman is currently preparing for her next challenge, a solo flight around the world in 2015. And nothing is going to stop her. Next year, I'm embarking on a round-the-world solo flight. I thrive off the challenge, she told um, she told this particular website, which is bestdaily.co.uk, uh, in an exclusive. There is no question about whether I'm going to do it or not. I'm absolutely going to do it. The down to earth, the down to earth star continued to say that she cannot even begin to explain the difference between doing a solo flight and having the the, the safety of another pilot accompanying her. So uh, I think I mean she's doing it to raise lots of money, isn't she? She's doing it to raise yeah. money for charity. It's me on my own, and if I don't do it properly, I'll die. Well, that's a cheery thought, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, you, you will be officially <laughs> devastated if that goes horribly wrong, won't you? <laughs> but uh, flying solo is very different to having a safety pilot. I could take off tomorrow if Duffy, her partner, RAF pilot Graham Duff. Oh, I didn't realise there was a yes. Ah, right, yes, I see. Yes, yes. yes, was sitting next to me, but that's not what's happening. I'll be doing it all on my own. Oh, there we are. So Carol Vorderman is uh, she's flying on this yeah. particular thing. She's fly. Oh, she her own aircraft. She's actually got her own aircraft. Right. Okay. Uh, she's got a Diamond DA40 um, mm. or DA Diamond uh, Star. Uh, it's cool. also, of course, a light aircraft, single-engined aircraft yeah. made by the Diamond Aircraft Industries. Right. And uh, it's, it's, it's it's a very small aircraft. It's, mm. it's probably uh, probably a similar size to kind of a, a Piper aircraft. And uh, I was just reading uh, also about her that uh, at the moment she doesn't... Um, have where are we? She doesn't. She's not able to do night flying or something. Yeah, uh, she, she board, hasn't got her, enough hours or something. Her current license yeah. does not uh, permit her to fly in cloud. It requires another qualification in the IMC oh, okay. instrument meteorological conditions. Well, I, I mean, to, that yeah. sounds like it involves maths. I'm pretty sure she'll be all right on that. Well, one. <laughs> at the moment, I'm learning to fly. Right. Yes, of course know, you are. Yeah. And I'm learning to fly VFR, right. Visual Flight Rules. Whereas okay. um, she uh, needs to take her IMC. Um, so when you're stuck in clouds and yeah. you can't see the ground, yeah. you use purely your instruments to Ooh. fly. 
Yes. Mm. Well, as I say, I mean, she'll be all right for working out the numbers in her head, I'm quite sure. Oh, yes. If anyone can do that, Carol can, it has to be said. For those, well, for those listeners who are not, uh, who don't know who Carol Vordham is, apart from an, a group captain here for the uh, RAF cadets, yes. uh, she uh, started uh, many years ago on a show called Countdown. Yep. The first the ever programme to be broadcast live on Channel 4. Yes. <laughs> which is it, what would you countdown is kind of a, a mathematical it's a, wordy it's a day, yeah it's a daytime TV show yeah. basically that goes out here in the UK uh, it usually goes out about half three in the afternoon I think and it's I think he says choosing his words carefully it's sort of primarily aimed at the blue rinse brigade he says <laughs> choosing his words carefully it's 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 aimed at the more discerning listener what, what we'll say is is that uh, <laughs> it's my nana's favourite programme splendid okay yes okay. we'll do that yes right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she, she that's her background. Yeah. But uh, yeah. hats off to her; she's got yeah. a pilot's license. And, yeah, she retired um, two or three years ago. Mm, and she she yeah. left. She left Countdown two or three years ago, and uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so presumably she's been learning to fly ever since. I mean, to be at this stage where she can be con- contemplating that. I mean, as I say, a friend of mine is currently training to be a a a, 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 a commercial pilot um, he must have lots of money yeah well, i don't know if, i don't know about that but uh he's uh i think he's hoping he will have when he's finished I think that's the way he's looking at it it's uh but i mean the amount of hours you have to put in i mean you don't yeah. really realize how, how much i mean that the, the guy that's sitting in the cockpit when you go on your flight on on holiday i mean you don't realize the hours that that guy uh, all of them have had to put in in order to be able to get anywhere well, actually, near that seat I was speaking today because um, I had a lesson this yeah. afternoon yeah. and um, the instructor, my instructor, John, mm. and we were chatting um, just after we'd uh, landed and taxied off, mm. you know, to park the aircraft up. And, it, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, how much flight instructors earn. Mm. And uh, it's not a lot. Yeah. No, it really is not a lot. It's, I'm, I'm, it's I'm, not a lot of money at all. Wow. Uh, they earn uh, flight instructors, not on, on small, you mm. know, no. um, Airfields like like where you know where I learned to fly and stuff. Well, you, you do it more for the love of it, I think, really, don't you? Which is yeah. basically what he said. Yeah, he does it for the love of, of teaching you know yeah. people how to fly, which is good. Um, certainly, something I'd, yeah. I'd love to do. I so, think. how I mean, how far how far in to your to your training are you? Where where are you Where are you at now? Uh, so I'm on. I, I know. I know because because uh, I, I should just explain the company. As I say, I mentioned earlier, I work for Lambert's, and it's very close to the airfield where Carlos yes. is learning to fly. Yes, you and are. there have been very nervous occasions where I've seen um, uh, planes going through their practice um, dives and things like that. Uh, sort of, they call what? Well, there's a special word for it, which I'm sure you're correct. It's not it, not the taking off and landing, but there's a is it a, a sort of stalling? Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for some reason, I, I don't think you so much. Cause I think you tend to go over Leyston Way, don't you? But no, I'm actually at the moment. I'm doing circuits, so I'm right. staying relatively close. close right. To, okay. Uh, to that, but yeah. but some some um, people who are also receiving training and they've been literally doing their practice stalling. It's very nerve wracking when you're you're sort of in the yard and you look up and you can see this plane basically nose diving towards what appears to be your concrete pad that's just in front of you. It's uh, I, I don't I don't know how you do it. I mean, I guess it's you know being able to. Oh, do you? I was up there for an hour and uh, hour and ten minutes a day Gosh. in the air, and it yeah. was fantastic. Loved everyone. Yeah. Actually, it wasn't too bad weather wise today. No, it, it, yeah. it was a bit, bit choppy. But, um, yeah. The the, the thing Turbulent. is when when you uh, <laughs> yeah when you the airfield which I'm learning to fly at has uh, quite a large solar panel. Oh yes. um, farm. Yeah. Very just close by, yes. it, literally on uh, near the threshold to, to runway zero nine. Yeah, 
and when you're flying over that um, particular piece of ground with all these panels, yeah. solar panels, you do you do get a little bit of buffeting. Yeah, I suppose you would because it's, it's literally reflecting the heat back up, isn't it? it? Kind so, of, yeah, 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 it's, 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 it's a bit the unnerving. But uh, at the moment, I'm ooh, just over twelve hours in the logbook. Right. Okay. And, and how many have you got to have? Lots more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So fair enough. Okay. A ballpark figure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a nice car. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. We'll gloss over that then. Yes. 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 Yeah. So you um, won't be taking me on holiday anytime not soon. soon. No. Right. No. Okay. No. Unless um, unless Michael O'Leary's going to offer me a job at Ryanair. Well, on, on the <laughs> I think you're already more qualified the most no I, I take that back sorry if you're listening if you're listening Michael O'Leary I'm uh, I'm I you know a, a generous 25k a year will do yeah yeah and I and I, I'm a real fan of Ryanair I am <laughs> <laughs> so uh so yeah we, we are we're gonna we're gonna well, we're going to, it, bring, think, yeah, we're going to bring the show time, to a really? close, episode 38. Right. And uh, we're going to bring the show to a close. We are going to say, oh, I'm going to say a quick uh, hello as well, um, just on the subject of learning to fly this afternoon Splendid. at uh, at Ryanair. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say a special... Uh, <laughs> Hi, thank you. Oh, no. I'm going to say a special uh, hello to Rob Goodrum. Uh, Rob very kindly refueled my aircraft uh, this afternoon for me uh, because when the aircraft uh, Zulu uniform came back uh, from its flight, uh, it came back with uh, with fumes really in the tanks. Ah, splendid. Uh, <laughs> so Rob uh, Rob very kindly uh, came and uh, refueled the aircraft for me uh, for for my lessons right. uh, this well, afternoon, which was very good of him. Yes. So hello to you, Rob, if you're listening to the show because you you did listen to uh, to our special uh, year anniversary <laughs> show because he loved the interview we'd done ah, of course, uh, on yeah. there. Uh, so hello to you, Rob, and uh, we'll see you uh, see you next weekend, I should imagine, or at some point uh, next when I'm up at uh, up at the uh, aerodrome. Cool. Uh, we'd also like to say a thanks as well to uh, one of our um, reviewers on iTunes, um, Dan Eyre. Um, he's left us a review on iTunes. Uh, don't forget if you re- record or oh, download the show via iTunes, you can if you could. That'd be awesome to leave uh, a review. Uh, just click on there, just leave a review. It all helps to uh, boost the uh, popularity of the show. And if you enjoy the show, we'd love some feedback. So uh, Good or bad, we don't mind. Right, we don't if mind, we're yeah. not including the things you want to hear, then uh, then uh, make make sure you mention it. And uh, as I say, I'm sure it will feature in a, in, a, in, a later, in a later podcast. So uh, all feedback is very much, oh, definitely. Very much appreciated. So just uh, again before we go, uh, the competition, don't forget the competition we're running at the moment to uh, win the T-shirts and calendars. Uh, the questions uh, I will post on our Facebook page. I'm also going to put the questions up on our website as well. Uh, so if you go to www.plaintalkinguk.com, plain spelled P-L-A-N-E, uh, I'll put the questions on there as well. Uh, you can send the, the answers via email. And uh, the question again, or two questions again, uh, are... Uh, question one is, when, as in what date, was the first official display of the Red Arrows? So that was, what was the first date of the official display of the Red Arrows? And then question two... When was the first flight of the Lockheed L1011? Is that correct? L1011. L1011. <laughs> the TriStar. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, your favourite. My favourite. Yes. Yes. Now officially retired. Uh, so that's when was the first flight of the Lockheed 
L ten eleven. Tristar. Yeah, Tristar. So when when was that first flight? So, so send us your answers uh, to the two questions. And as we said, on our Christmas show, we'll draw the names out of a hat. <coughs> and the winners will receive e- uh, the first prize and the second prize. We're going uh, to do a T-shirt. Ooh. And we're going to have some calendars as well for some other prizes as well. With some Plain Talking UK calendars. Excellent. So don't forget, look us up on Facebook, like us on Facebook, just search for us Plain Talking UK uh, on Facebook, you'll find us on there, and you can send us messages on there as well, if you like, and follow us on Twitter as well, we're on Twitter, Plain Talking UK, you'll find us on Twitter, give us a like on there, the likes are increasing quite nicely at the moment, it's very good. And uh, don't forget, contact us via our website as well, just click on the Contact Us tab, you can send us an email via there. So that's where we're going to bring episode 38 to a close. Uh, Matt Smith, I'd like to thank you very My much for pleasure. joining Anytime. me in the studio Anytime. this week. Yep. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Yep. My pleasure. Uh, for tea as well. Indeed, absolutely. It's <laughs> nice, nice, to, nice to be here socially also. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to allow you to go home now. No, that's very good and, of you. I, that's, uh, I am in London tomorrow, so I yes, would appreciate that. Matt Smith is driving his huge coach to yes. London. London yes. in tomorrow. I'm, I'm off to Twickers tomorrow. Twickers. Yeah, Twickenham. For the rugby. Uh, yes. Any, any Unfortunately, rugby? I don't get to go which is a shame no. but uh, so I, I get to watch it from like near Heathrow which would be uh, nice yeah <laughs> see now that's that's the envious part of your job you really you, you what, get to being park, park being parked yeah. on the A4 somewhere near Heathrow you mm. get to park near airports <laughs> and and just just quickly as well I did introduce uh, Matt to uh, the wonderful plane finder oh, and flight yes, radar yes, apps yes. on his phone so he does track aircraft yes now. yes it has been known and he yes. can sit there and he can well he can he can I'm, see I'm, what they are i'm trying to keep that quiet okay <laughs> anyway too many interests it might be, be my pleasure mr carlos yes and, uh, um, thanks for joining me and we'll, we'll have you again on the show at some point very okay. soon be my pleasure take care excellent so that's it for then we're going to leave uh, episode 38 then for now and uh, don't forget to join us uh, next week for another episode of the plain talking uk podcast so from me carlos it's a very chilly seven degrees outside goodbye and from you matt smith uh, goodbye goodbye